Let's go. All right. Here we go. NFL regular season is in the books. Larry Fitzgerald's turn up here. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay, Jim. You know, it's a it's a rough day on, on Mondays, you know, with uh, Black Monday. Um, you know, seeing all these coaches losing their jobs and seeing the, the uncertainty in some of these organizations. Also a great time to get excited about playoff football. Got some great matchups uh, coming up in, in week one of the playoffs. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a rough day for some and a very exciting for others. All right. Because you're a rough guy, I guess we'll start with the rough side here. Uh, now head coaching availabilities and opportunities. Miami, let's start with them. Brian Flores, unexpectedly, um, was given his walking papers. He wins eight of his last nine games. They finish with a winning record, nine and eight. They seem to come on strong at the end of every season, but for the fans down in Miami, the season's basically over by week six. Uh, and then it's a scramble to put things together. Seemed to be a lot of progress being made there. I believe Brian Flores will get a head coaching job here very shortly. Why do you think that decision was made, and, and is it the right decision? Well, Jim, I mean, uh, you know, you have to think Mr. Ross has something in, in store. There's a plan in place when, uh, when a guy has that kind of success on the run. At the end of the season, um, you know, I was I was extremely perplexed and surprised when I saw the decision made to move on. I thought that organization was really moving in the right direction. Um, I, I think they had solidified that Tua could possibly be their franchise quarterback. Uh, their defense played amazing down the stretch, and you know, they really have some building blocks to to move forward in a positive manner um, for the future. And so, it, it really was a surprising move, one that I did not expect. Uh, you know, the you know. You know, Coach Zimmer and some others, you know, obviously, you know, with the records, you know, you saw that coming. But the, the Brian Flores one really surprised me. And um, I know he'll be a head coach again very soon, but he should still be in Miami, in my opinion. Why do you call him Mr. Ross and it's Brian Flores? We don't call the coaches Mr. Flores, Mr. Harbaugh. Uh, I mean, Jim, those guys are old enough to be your grandfather. You know, you just all the matter. You, you know, I. I've always called anybody over 70 years old, Mr. Uh, you know, Brian Flores is a, is a, is a younger guy. I'm much closer in age to him. Uh, and that's, that's, that's why I probably call him that. So, so, so it's just a, an elderly respect thing as yeah, opposed to prominence or, or because of power and money. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just pretty much the age difference. You know, if anybody's, few years older than me, I usually call them by their, by their first name. If they can be my grandfather or grandmother, I call them, you know, Mr. and Mrs. So I call you Mr. Gray for the most part. <laughs> oh, you're, you're on fire today already. We're only three <laughs> minutes into this podcast. Wow, here we go. All right. Matt Nagy. Uh, I like Matt. I like Matt personally. Professionally, I think he's a terrific coach. Uh, obviously, he didn't perform well in Chicago, and a move had to be made there. Uh, I think he'll be a good coach again somewhere someday. Um, but this wasn't going to be the case in Chicago, and uh, the Bears the Bears cut their losses at, and they move on. Uh, what's your feelings on the Bears' job, the roster that's in place, and, and how Matt Nagy did? Well, I think they have some holes they have to fill. Um, you know, obviously the defense really broke down. Um, they lost a lot of their key contributors, you know, Khalil Mack being one of them. Um, and if their team is healthy and, and and they're really clicking all cylinders on defensive side of the ball, they're, they're a formidable opponent. But, you know, there's still questions to be had about, you know, Justin Fields' ability to lead, um, you know, that team to the playoffs. You know, that there's, there's been a quarterback carousel in Chicago for, 
I don't know how many years since Jay Cutler left. And, and it's always been a, a question mark. And any coach that comes in there is going to have to be able to, you know, get the very best out of Justin and be able to get that team moving in the right direction. But in terms of receivers with Allen Robinson and, and, and Daryl Mooney, I mean, they have some skilled guys that can, that can win on the outside, which I really like. And, um, and I'm not sure what the long, long-term plan is with Jimmy Graham and some other players, but they'll have, they have some players that, that are, that are, that are decent and, and can win. Um, you know, they're one, on one matchup. So moving forward, you know, they have to have a coach that comes in there. I think personally is an offensive guy um, who can help Justin, you know, take the next step and become a, you know, a great player. Denver, Jacksonville, and Minnesota now also are looking for head coaches. Um, so when you evaluate this group, when you put these five teams together, uh, where's the best job? Minnesota. Uh, and then I would, I would put the Raiders, you know, if, if they do decide to, to move in a different direction, right there is kind of one B um, just, just simply based on their, their franchise quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins under contract. Um, you got Adam Thielen returning, you got, uh, you know, Jefferson coming, coming back, you know, you got Dalvin Cook as a tailback. You have a defense that has been really, really good for many years. Um, you have an ownership group that is very supportive, will do everything that they need to do to, to be competitive. Um, you know, they have an unbelievable fan base, great place to live in Minnesota. I just think that job is, uh, is tailor-made for somebody who wants to come in and, and, uh, and win and, and have success. Only issue is you got you to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and we don't know what his future is, but if he stays in Green Bay, that's always going to be a thorn in the side. Let's Go with Larry Fitzgerald is brought to you by GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Now online in Michigan and New Jersey, play your favorite online slots or table games like Blackjack, Roulette, and so much more with over 700 games to choose from, only at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Well, it looked to me last night, watching that Raiders game against the Chargers, that Brandon Staley was gambling with his team's place in the playoffs, just like he has done all season long. First, let's talk about the game, then we'll get into the coach. That was just an unbelievable game. I don't remember watching a National Football League game that was quite like that with everything on the line, particularly in its place that it was, the final game of the season. The Steelers are sitting at home rooting for anything except for a tie. (laughs) Ties happen. How often do ties happen in the National Football League? Like one out of every thousand games or something? It's it's infinitesimal. And um, there was just so much going on in that game. It was so much fun to watch. Uh, with so much on the line. Yeah, it, it definitely was an exciting game. And uh, Coach, Coach Staley, um, you know, he stayed true to his himself, you know, going forward on fourth down seven times. Um, it was very easy to talk about the one he wasn't able to convert. Um, you know, it cost him points and, you know, to come back and bite them after they lose the game by three um, in, in overtime. But it just goes to show you that, um, you know, he believes in his guys. You know, we've talked about this a couple of different um, moments over the year, Jim. And I mean, he's a riverboat gambler. The guy loves to take chances. Um, you obviously. But that's an unnecessary it. chance, Larry. That's a ridiculous well, chance. I, I disagree. That's just I disagree. handing I the disagree. team the other. That's just handing the other team points when you're going for fourth down and it's fourth and 23 and time is running out and you have no choice and you have to make the playoffs, that's not a gamble. That's common sense. This defies common sense, even though the percentages are in his favor. And the percentages on that play where he got stuffed on the 18-yard line were 36% chance of winning 
If he went for it, if he punts, it's a 35% chance. And the recommendation to go for it, according to all the analytics, was plus 1.4%. 1.4% has no common sense. Common sense is if you get stuffed, you're turning the ball over and that's turning into points. What's the first thing everybody tells us in all of these games? Stop turning the ball over. Turnovers lead to losses. That's a turnover and that's a loss. It's, it's fourth and one, Jim. They they had success moving the ball on, on fourth down. Um, you know, he, he had an inclination that his team could get it. Um, you know, who is he to doubt the players that have gotten him to this point, the players that have put him in position to win one game and they're in, um, you know, I, you have to you have to love the fact that he he believes in his guys, Jim. Um, it's very easy to to kick that ball away, Jim, and and um, you know put it in his defense's hands. But he he wants to take the onus, um, and he's got the players to be able to do that. And you know I, I commend him. Obviously, this didn't lead um, you know to the result he was all he was hoping for and getting into the playoffs. And you, know, you got to tip your hat to the Raiders too, man. Everything they've gone through, the adversity they've dealt with throughout the course of the season to be able to overcome and and be able to fight and find a way to be able to get into the tournament. You know, it's um, it's special. And I, and I know Al Davis is looking down with a big smile on his face. Just win, baby. They figured out a way <laughs> just to win. Why would the coach of the Chargers, why would Brandon Staley take time out with 38 seconds left? There's four seconds on the play clock. By all indications, by all indications, if the Raiders run the play, okay, because they're going to run a play, and they let the clock wind down, perhaps they attempt a 60-yard field goal or thereabouts, or perhaps... They just accept the tie and everybody goes to the playoffs. Again, Brandon Staley, his explanation is he wanted to get the best run defense in there. That's a horrible explanation for calling timeout when the clock is the only ally that you have left for you. What did he think? He's going to call timeout and they'll miss the field goal. And because of that, he'll have a chance to win the game or he'll decide whether or not they tie. There's a level of arrogance, quite frankly, of knowing more than everybody else. And he kind of told us that several weeks ago. People in football know it. People who just watch football, in essence, what he was saying, don't. Why are you taking time out? Let the clock run. Well, Jim, I think you see that um, the, the level of more sophistication and knowledge in others. You know, you saw, we, we talked about it two weeks ago with Matt Rule. Jim, you, you just can't see it. It's working. You, I know you can't see it, but it, uh, this is a part of the process. And I know we missed the playoffs, but, you know, this is all a part of the plan and, and, and the growth that's just coming from it. You know, you just don't understand, Jim. You're too old to really see, you know, how it's working. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it either, Jim. You have to have a, you have to have a special temperament to own a National Football League team. Because if I saw that, that guy's not getting on the plane going home. Well, I'm, I'm, thank, I'm, I'm very thankful you are not an owner of, a, of any professional sports team because coaches and players would be walking around on eggshells because <laughs> uh, we know how, how, how volatile you can be. <laughs> Worked for George Steinbrenner. <laughs> Uh, the, the chef in the kitchen, they have one, one eggshell in, in, your, in your eggs. Get, get them out of here. This grass is not evenly cut out here. Get, get them out of here, Jim. You, you, <laughs> you're, you're Work a for Al Davis. <laughs> and I'm being facetious to a degree. I mean, he, he has a big future, this coach. I just don't like the way he goes about this stuff. 
and, and you said it a few weeks ago, but that's just the way the NFL's going. Well, if that's the way the NFL's going, there's going to be a lot of unemployed people in between now and then. Jim, this, as you see, as more coaches are doing it, it's not just younger coaches who are doing it solely on analytics. You see it will coach Harbaugh out in Baltimore constantly doing it, going for two-point conversions, you know, when, when he can kick kick the extra point and, and go into overtime. They're, 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 they're doing it different. And I think this is just a start, Jim. Um, we're going to see it more frequently. We see it a lot in college football. And I think it's trickling its way into the National Football League game. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be much more prevalent as we move forward. And we'll put a little bow on this, uh, kind of like Austin Eckler did uh, of the Chargers while shaking hands uh, with Trent Sieg. Uh, number 47 of the Raiders, he's a long snapper. He asked him on the field if the Raiders were going to take a knee and end the game before Coach Staley decides he's smarter than everybody and he's going to take time out. And Sieg says yes, and you should see Eckler's reaction. Uh, it's available on the Internet. Anybody can go check it out. That changed your thinking now, Larry, and does Coach Staley lose the locker room to a certain degree now going forward? They might fear him for their jobs, but has he lost them because of that reaction and them giving it their all? No, Jim, I don't, I don't think so at all. I mean, when do you lay down and take a tie? I mean, I know you go into the playoffs, but what does that, what does that say to your team? You know, you, you want to go into the playoffs winning um, with, that, with that taste of victory, um, you know, getting prepared for the next week. It just, it just puts you in a better place. And to be able to see your division fall home, to not be able to go into the playoffs, I mean, that, that, that tastes even better. Um, and so it's easy to look back in hindsight and, and say, look, man, we probably should just took the tie. We would have got an opportunity to play in the playoffs. But, um, you know, me personally, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have put a good taste in my mouth. I, I, under no circumstances would I just want to see somebody else in my division make the playoffs and it's because I allowed them to make it that that would have said that would not have said well with me well I guess we're never going to know could be that Sieg and, and the Raiders now are just screwing around screwing with the heads uh of of the Chargers and uh I guess we're not going to know um might have made sense because then both teams would have benefited it's not that you're sending a message that you're playing for a tie it's sending your team a message that the ultimate goal is to try and win the Super Bowl that's the goal uh, but now uh, the Raiders win. Um, they move on, and the Chargers have a long, uh, a long offseason to think about it. Perhaps they'll be going to Mastro's Steakhouse while they think about it, because a trip to Mastro's is a culinary adventure, and they can experience the good life with the handcrafted cocktails, exceptional steaks, and the freshest seafood. Visit Mastro's.com for locations and reservations. Jim Gray, along with Larry Fitzgerald, right here on Let's Go. Um, talk about Let's Go Home. How about the Colts losing to the Jaguars? That was awful, Larry. I mean, and that, they've, they've that been was, horrible against them for a long time, and, and this was just along the same vein. That, that was – it was tough to watch. And, you know, I'm a huge Frank, Frank Wright fan. He coached me in Arizona, uh, you know, before he went to Philly and – you know, to, to see them perform, you know, with all the implications like that, it was it was tough to watch. And, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, man, I, Jim, I, I don't know, Jim. He, he's tough. He's tough for me to stomach. You know, in these type of moments, this is why you, you know, you bring him in to to perform at his best to be able to lead his team to the playoffs. And you know, he just came up so short. And um, 
you know, Indianapolis, I think they got to they got to look at, you know, some options at the quarterback position, because obviously they have one of the best offensive lines in the game, uh, you know, leading rusher in the National Football League and Jonathan Taylor, a defense that's really talented, um, you know, some young budding wide receivers. They, they need they need to get that position uh, solidified, you know, if they're going to contend and be a rival, you know, player in the, in the, in, in the AFC's uh playoffs for years to come and I think they got to handle that I, I just don't think he's the future so. can't stomach him now you just don't know what you're going to get you, you never know you know which which guy's going to show up um you know he, he looks good and makes some great throws you know I remember watching him against the Cardinals a few weeks ago rolling left and made a throw against against his body in the back of the end zone and he looked like a you know perennial pro ball player and then you turn on the tape yesterday and the decisions that he makes, his accuracy, um, you know, how slow the ball is getting out, it just, it just doesn't seem like it's it's consistent, and that and that's tough. So if you look at what happened here, the Eagles are going to the playoffs. They get rid of Wentz, um, get rid of that salary, get rid of all of that. Uh, they move forward uh, when it looks like they're rebuilding, and the Colts are left holding the bag. So I guess we've already seen the results of that trade. I, I don't know if it's that easy. I mean, it's two completely different teams, two different divisions. Um, I'm, just, I'm just basing that solely off of what I've seen throughout the course of the year. Um, and it's, uh, you know, for a veteran veteran player, you know, who's been in the game, a Super Bowl champion, um, you know, you would like to have a little bit more consistency at this point in his career. Well, we really can't call him a Super Bowl champion. He was on the team. He, he, won, he won a to Super the Bowl team that season. He did not play he, in that game. Nick Foles he, was the one that uh, he came in won and, a Super and, and squashed squashed the the Patriots uh, on that one occasion. Even though Brady had 515 yards of offense, and the team never punted. Somehow, some way, Nick Foles and the Philly special and all of that. Uh, the Eagles. Uh, with a coach who's no longer there. Also, I mean, it's funny how quickly things change in the NFL, but. All those folks have moved on, but uh, they have that title for life, Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I wasn't implying that he won it personally. He wasn't he wasn't playing in that game, but he, he was a recipient of, of a Super Bowl championship. And because of the Colts' atrocious performance and the Jaguars' victory, as everything that needed to happen now enables the Steelers uh, to go into the playoffs, so that long goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger turns out to be just at the stadium. Uh Somebody famous once said, there's nothing quite like saying goodbye and then you don't leave. Well, that's what's happening now with Big Ben. <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> Say goodbye it was a, a little home, too early. It was a home send-off, Jim, home game send-off. It wasn't, it wasn't a, I'm done. It's a, it was a home game. It was great to see Coach Tomlin uh, on, on Facebook Live dancing and <laughs> carrying on with all of the teammates. There, there's something really ironic in all of this, isn't there? Hey, you know what? I remember years back when Antonio Brown did it in the locker room and there were some things that were said that, that didn't come out in the best light. And now you see him five years later, six years later, however long, embracing it, you know, doing his thing and enjoying it. Uh, you know, it just shows you how fast things change and, um, and how, how you have to adopt, you know, what's to come. So you're saying Antonio was ahead of his time? Yes, he's definitely ahead of his time. There's things that he's doing he's doing that um that nobody ever in history has done. Nobody. 
So are we going to look back on Antonio Brown and his time and, and everything that went on with him last week uh, as something that was groundbreaking, or is that going to always be something that uh, will follow him that will be more earth-shattering than groundbreaking? I don't know, Jim. I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen anybody remove their pads and, and run off the field um, in 30-degree weather um, like that. Again, I, I don't know if that will ever transpire again in the National Football League, so it might be a groundbreaking event. Let's get back to the Steelers for just a moment. It's a place you're fond of. You played your college ball there. Uh, it's a coach you're very fond of. And, and it just kind of shows the will, determination, and grit, uh, just like the town, uh, to somehow, some way, figure out what's been, up until that point, had been a pretty difficult season. It, it, it had been. Um, though I always have a lot of love and respect for Mike Tomlin to go 15 seasons and not have one losing record. Um he can win football games in any fashion. Um, I remember earlier in his career when they were, you know, dominant in the past game, you know, throw it 40 times a game. And, and now you look at them, they they win messy, sloppy, dirty, ugly games. I mean, like at no point did you think that, that Baltimore Ravens game was going to be a clean, nice, uh, efficient game. It was just, you know, converting third and twos, you know, guys breaking tackles, defensive you know, stand, stand up defensive plays. I mean, it was just an ugly, nasty game that you would expect between the Ravens and the Steelers and exemplifies what the Steelers um, and Ravens series stands for. But, you know, to be able to see them win in any fashion and to be able to do it, um, you know, for Ben, who had a great send off for his uh, possible last home game at, at Hinesville last week and to now be able to get into the playoffs, it's, uh, it's pretty special for them. And we'll talk much more about the Steelers as they're going to take on the Chiefs uh, next weekend. And all the playoffs, uh, we'll give you a preview right here on Let's Go. We're brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA Insurance. USAA! I'm Jim Gray along with Larry Fitzgerald. We're here on Let's Go right here on Sirius XM. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here. And with the NFL season underway, I am thrilled to announce that my podcast, The NFL Roadshow, will be dropping three times a week. On Mondays, we're going to recap the most interesting stories to come out of the NFL weekend. Wednesdays are going to be for a bit of a deeper discussion. And on Fridays, we're going to bring you the best of my SiriusXM fantasy show with the great Michael Fabiano, Fantasy Dirt. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Larry Fitzgerald. Let's Go is brought to you by Ring Alarm. It's true, Ring has an award-winning alarm with professional monitoring that you can install yourself in minutes. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go. For a special offer on Ring Alarm today, that's ring.com forward slash let's go. So, Larry, let's pick it up here uh, and talk now about the game uh, between the Chiefs, who are the number two seed against the seventh seeded Steelers. The Chiefs eh, was everybody's favorite in the AFC, and they give way to to Tennessee for the number one seed. Uh, they've been inconsistent uh, basically all year long. Uh, everybody still seems to think that they're the team with the most firepower, have the most going for them. First of all, how do you see this game as we'll go through each of the games? 
Arrowhead is one of the toughest places in the National Football League to play. It's uh, especially in that playoff atmosphere. You know, they have been inconsistent, uh, especially early on in the year, but their defense has played much, much better uh, as the season's going on. I just don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers have the firepower to be able to keep up with them. Um, obviously, they have to deal with T.J. Watt and, and Cam Hayward uh, on the defensive front, but if they can neutralize those players, I think they'll be able to, to be able to get after the Steelers. They got a big break by not having the Chargers sneak in here. I agree. I agree. Um, the Chargers would have presented a lot more difficult of, a, of an opponent, you know, just because of, you know, the quarterbacks, the mobility, um, the firepower in terms of the receivers and just the familiarity that they have with them playing them twice a year, understanding, you know, how to exploit some of their weaknesses. You know, that puts them in a, a much more vulnerable position. And I agree with you, you know, playing the Steelers, they've been banged up. Um, and Ben isn't, hasn't been playing, you know, at the same level that we know Ben is capable of playing. So I think they have a Steelers team that's kind of limping into the playoffs, and um, I think the Chiefs will handle them. You want to pick the games uh, and, and try and see if you might be able to get back some of your uh, – you lost a trip to St. Andrews, uh, or do you just want to kind of wait till next year and, and kind of lick your wounds until then? Now we could we could pick maybe the NFC the AFC championship games and Super Bowl, uh, you know, to double down on our on our on our competition. Maybe. Double down, so that may get I get two trips to St. Andrews. One's enough. One's enough. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> maybe maybe I could I could get a trip out, uh, to Riviera out of you. Maybe that would be great. You got that anyway. That was your consolation prize for for you know we have to hand everybody a trophy these days or a ribbon. So that's that's your trophy. Riviera anytime. Let's go to the next game. It's going to be the Saturday day game, the early game, uh, where the Raiders are going to travel now to the Bengals. Uh, Bengals didn't play everybody uh, against uh, the Browns and lost, but the week before they looked just terrific. Uh, everybody kind of has them circled now as perhaps one of the teams you don't want to face. And I'm not sure who wants to face the Raiders right now. How do you see this game? With the way the Cincinnati's been playing over the last few weeks, it's really being dominant in their air attack. Um, I think it's going to be tough for the Raiders to be able to keep it, keep up with them. Um, obviously, they're coming off a really emotional victory, um, you know, a big kick to, to, to solidify their position in the playoffs. Um, but I think Cincinnati's just playing at a different level than them right now. Um, I wouldn't count the Raiders out, but I just don't think they have enough to be able to get past them. Then you've got the late game on Saturday. Uh, New England is going to travel to Buffalo. Uh, this will be the third meeting between them. Uh, last time they played in Buffalo, uh, Coach Belichick uh, threw three passes, figured out a way to beat the Bills, horrible weather. And he might have to employ some of the same tactics. It's going to be 15 degrees, snow flurries, uh, and a wind chill factor somewhere around zero. So it's going to be cold. Why the NFL decided to schedule Saturday night, that's right, night, when they have all these time slots to go to play in Buffalo, go figure. But it's going to be fun to sit in a warm house and watch it. And for the fans in Buffalo, uh, they're used to it. Patriots play in cold weather. How do you see this game? Uh, we've seen the result of this in that bad weather before. Uh, and then the Bills came back and won uh, in New England uh, in much different conditions. What do you think will happen on the third time? Well, this is a pick em game to me, Jim. Both of these teams are uh, you know, acclimated to playing in bad weather. Uh, you know, and, and as a fan of the game, and as you are as well, I know we'll be happy to be able to watch this one from home. But... Um, you know, 
I think that Josh Allen um, has the ability to really take this team deep into the playoffs if he's able to play uh, at the level he was playing at last year during the playoff run. Um, but I think the Patriots are going to have a great game plan for him. Honestly, Jim, I'm, I'm undecided on who's going to win this game. I think they're two really evenly matched ball clubs that uh, that play hard when they play against each other. Um, you know, but I, I, I can't quite pick who's going to get this one done. How do you have a show and you can't make a decision? Yeah, this is this is this is a tough one, Jim. This is a tough one because uh, Mac has had some games this year that I've I've really really been impressed in his other games uh, like last like last week where he looks like the rookie that he is and um, these these are huge implications playoff games be able to get a chance to go out and and do it in your rookie year against a team that you're very familiar with um, it's a great opportunity but he's gonna have to show up and and play at his very best I'm picking the Patriots Wow okay. Larry Fitzgerald jumping out there. Why do you why do you say that? Just because of Coach Belichick and, and just because he's had so much experience and, and, and seems to be able to figure out ways to win? Well, Jim, there, there, there's nothing more comforting than to be able to have a coach who's done it at the highest level um, of all time, who's won multiple championships, who knows how to manage games if that needs to happen. Um, there's nobody more prepared and ready for um, you know, this, this game of this magnitude. And so I mean, if that was a rookie quarterback, um, it would be extremely comforting to know that I have Bill Belichick game planning and getting me ready for a playoff game. Um, and I think that that experience will will, will benefit the, the New England Patriots. Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald as we continue here on Let's Go. And any athlete will tell you that it helps to work with an expert. That's why I work with Larry and Tom. But for buying and refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com, powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Switch our attention now to the National Football Conference. Uh, First game up on uh, that menu will take place on Sunday uh, between the Eagles, the seventh seed, and Tampa Bay, who snuck into the second seed uh, with everything that happened to the Rams down the stretch. Uh, including their loss uh, yesterday. How do you see the game between the Bucks and the Eagles? Eagles came on pretty strong toward the end of the season. They played earlier in the year. Tampa won, but it's a much different configuration now. Well, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're playing at home. Um, you know, Tom Brady's playing quarterback. Um, a lot has changed, but that has not changed. Um, he is greatest of all time, and uh, there's nobody who handles these pressure situations better. And so I, I think Tampa will put a, be able to put a good game plan together. Uh, it would be Jalen Hurts' first time, you know, being able to play in the playoffs and, you know, it'd be difficult for him to be able to manage the, you know, the conditions and the magnitude, I would imagine, um, you know, playing against the greatest quarterback of all time. How big is it to get the second seed? I know that uh, Tom just told us uh, earlier in the program that you have to win with what's in front of you and you have to play where you have to play and whatever the circumstance is, you have to figure it out. So he's not going to look past the Eagles, um, but with the Rams dropping and now Dallas going into the third seed, heck of a lot easier than getting on a plane and having to go across the country or go someplace else. Should you get past the Eagles uh, than the circumstance would have been had, had the Rams won. Yeah. I mean, I think the road, you know, as number two is, is much easier and, you know, to be able to know that you don't have to travel for a few weeks. Um, the earliest you would have to go on the road is to, to go to green Bay for the NFC championship game is really comforting. 
Um, and it also, if Green Bay slips up um, in a week's time, then you're going to be hosting the NFC Championship game at home. And so you just understand if you handle your business, um, you know, you, you have some comforts, but obviously it's the playoffs and you never know how the ball is going to bounce. But, um, you know, it's definitely advantageous to be able to host games in, in, uh, in the tournament. Second game on Sunday, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, you can watch it on CBS. It's going to be the 49ers uh, against the Cowboys. Um that's a really interesting game. Yeah. Um, 49ers, the sixth seed, Cowboys, the third seed. Cowboys had a big win, uh, 51 points on the board uh, against an Eagle team that took 10 guys uh, off the practice squad and put them in the game. Uh, can't really derive much from that other than it's better to win with a score of 51 points than to uh, not have had it. Uh, and the 49ers have been surging. Uh, perhaps they're one of those teams you don't want to meet right now. Uh, how do you see this game, Larry? Uh, it's really an interesting matchup. It is really interesting. It'd be one I'm going to keep a close eye on and looking forward to watching on Sunday, Jim. It's uh, the 49ers, you said it earlier, this is not a team that you want to play against. Their, their defense is playing a lot better, um, causing turnovers, really able to, you know, cause some havoc, you know, on, on the passing game. And the, the Cowboys want to make this competitive and, and, and be able to walk out of here with a win. They have got to get Ezekiel Elliott going. They have got to get this running game cooking they have to stay um, balanced because if they try to get into a passing game uh, and let those 49ers defensive linemen just get after the quarterback it's going to be a long day and you know Mike McCarthy I don't I just he scares me in the playoffs you know there's some decisions clock management issues that have plagued him uh, throughout his, his coaching career and you know in these type of moments you know, um, when teams are evenly matched, coaching um, comes to the forefront much more uh, than it does when you're playing against inferior teams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how that goes for uh, Coach McCarthy. He has uh, made a lot of mistakes, made a lot of blunders. So um, we'll see how it goes here in the playoffs. Uh, tough road here for the Cowboys uh, uh, against the, uh, the the 49ers. Uh, the final game of the weekend is the new installment of Monday Night Football for the uh, wild card round. Uh, it'll be on ESPN. Uh, the Cardinals... Uh, who started the season undefeated and really stumbled their way down the stretch uh, facing the Rams. Um, we've seen this game twice before so far this season. Uh, this too will be a third time, much like we're seeing uh, New England and the Bills. Larry, you got a week to think about this. In fact, you got another show to do before uh, this game is played. Uh, I know you'll be out here for the game to see your former teammates play. Any early thoughts on this one? Well, yeah, I mean, both the teams kind of stumbling into this game. Um, you know, L.A. lost a, a tough one uh, to the 49ers to close out the year. And and the Cardinals, uh, you know, got got beat up pretty good by Seattle. And so both teams have a lot to prove. Um, I think it's going to be a high scoring game because both of these quarterbacks love to be able to throw it um, and get their playmakers the ball in space. Um, the Cardinals, if they want to have success, they got to make it uncomfortable for Stafford like they did early in the season. They held Cooper Cup to his lowest um you know, outage in terms of yardage and production throughout the whole season earlier in their game in L.A. And they, they have to replicate that game plan and really make it uncomfortable for, for Stafford. And, um, you know, you, you got to be able to establish to run against the Rams. You know, they have a really, really um, tremendously talented front with Aaron Donald and, and Von Miller and their gang. And, you know, they have to do a good job of keeping them off balance, having James Conner back and fresh for the playoffs, something that is going to be huge for them. And they got to be able to utilize him um, in the passing game and also in the running game. 
so Larry, the question is going to become, uh, are we going to see on Monday night the team that started 7-0 and or 4-6 and over the last 10 games? And also, um, I was sent this statistic. Matthew Stafford is 10 wins and 71 losses against teams with winning records in his career. And there's no teams that are remaining that are going to have a below 500 records. So that's a statistic that doesn't bode well. It also uh, hampers him that he was with the Lions for all of those years, so some of this can be discarded as well. Uh, but that shouldn't give anybody a whole lot of confidence, should it? Well, I mean, the numbers are the numbers, and, and they are who you are. Um, and I know, you know, some of that is jaded based on um, the years he spent in Detroit, um, you know, playing against – you know, teams that are always usually better than them, uh, you know, but Matthew Stafford is one of those guys that can really hurt you with his arm. He can make any throw from any position. And when he's playing good football, um, you know, there's hard pressed to put anybody, many players ahead of him in terms of their skill set. And so I think the biggest key for them is to put him in position where he can get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, you can get him moving around in the pocket and, you know, getting guys in space. And when you, when you do that and you get him in rhythm, um, you know, the Rams offense is one that is, uh, is poetry in motion. Um, so it's important to be able to get him into a good flow of the game early with some nice quick passes, get some rhythm. Um, you know, when he's doing that, I mean, he's, he's really difficult to deal with. We'll talk much more about this game next week with Larry, you being out here in Los Angeles. Have a great week. Tough show to do today. Uh, hate to see all these guys lose their jobs. Hate to see uh, so many families uh, upended, but uh, that's part of the business. Uh, they know this when they come into it. These are these are two- and three-year jobs. The great Al Davis said it best. It's a vicious struggle to be number one. One team wins, and the other 31 are looking for answers, and now many of those 31 today are starting to try and find some of those answers. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Jim. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on Monday. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, with production assistance by Harris Fabishoff. And to our sponsors, many thanks to Mastro's, USAA, Ring, United Wholesale Mortgage, and GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Let's Go with Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. I'm Jim Gray, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.